North Atlantic Treaty Organization, Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Contamination Markers. Chemical marker is an upside-down triangle and has yellow background with red lettering. On the front side is listed the name of the agent and the date and time of detection. Biological marker is an upside-down triangle and has blue background with red lettering. On the front side is listed the name of the agent and the date and time of detection. Radiological marker is an upside-down triangle and has white background with black lettering. On the front side is listed the dose rate, date, and time of reading and date and time of burst. The chemical mines marker for unexploded mines has a red background with yellow lettering and stripe. On the front side is listed the chemical agent and mine and the date of emplacement. The M50 Joint Service General Purpose Mask is the United States Armed Forces Field Protective Mask, which began service in December 2009, replacing the M40 Field Protective Mask. The M50 is compact, lightweight, comfortable and more effective. It allows for a wide field of view with a single lens that spans the width of the face. It has twin conformal filters, which decreases breathing resistance by 50%. Additionally, it has an indicator, which turns blue when the filter is expired. This protective mask provides 24 hours continuous protection in nuclear, biological and chemical environments. The M50 is issued in three sizes, small, medium, and large. Masks are equipped with a clear-out insert assembly for eye lens protection. Now, let's learn how to don and clear the M50 Joint Service General Purpose Mask. Upon receiving the command or detecting a contamination presence, close your eyes, stop breathing, and hold your breath. Place the rifle between your legs. Remove your headgear and place it on the weapon. With your left hand grasp the mask carrier flap tab and pull to open mask carrier flap. With your right hand, grasp the mask and remove it from the mask carrier. Raise the mask to your face and place your chin firmly in the chin cup. Grasp the head harness tab and pull head harness over your head. Be sure your ears are between the temple straps and cheek straps. Pull down the head harness at the back as far as possible so that the brow straps are tight and temple straps are approximately parallel to the ground. Tighten the cheek straps one at a time or both at the same time, ensuring straps lay flat against your head. Now let's clear the mask. Seal the outlet disc valve by placing one hand over the outlet valve cover assembly. Blow out hard to ensure that any contaminated air is forced out around the edges of the mask assembly. Conduct a negative pressure test. With both hands, locate and cover M61 filter air inlet passages on both filters and breathe in. Mask should collapse against your face and remain so while you hold your breath. If it does, your mask is airtight. If the mask does not collapse, check for hair, clothing, or other matter between mask and your face and clear again. Next, let's check for any leaks. Check for leaks at edge of mask by feeling for incoming air on your face. Check for bulges in the face seal by running finger around edge of your mask. Eliminate leaks by making minor adjustments to straps. To stop leaks at brow, ensure head harness is pulled down as far as possible on back of head and skullcap is centered at the back of your head. To stop leaks at temple, adjust temple straps. Stop leaks at cheek, adjust cheek straps. To stop leaks at the throat or under the chin, lift mask assembly higher on face, seating chin firmly in chin cup. Adjusting temple and cheek straps may also help. If mask still fails to seal have an individual service M5051 strain field level CB equipment maintenance technician check proper fitting of mask. Check to see if M61 filters are properly installed. CBRN alarms. There are three types of alarms. Vocal, visual, and percussion. Vocal alarm for chemical biological attack is gas gas gas. The word gas is repeated three times. Visual alarm. The arms are extended straight out to the side and the hands made into a fist. As the word gas is said, bend the arms at the elbows so the fists are placed to the ears, then repeat three times. Percussion alarms are metal on metal. Metal triangles are used to give the CBRN alarm by striking them repeatedly. 
Other alarms may be sirens, intermittent horns, alarm systems, or other devices as outlined by unit standard operating procedures. Mission-oriented protective posture levels are needed to balance protection with the threat, temperature, and urgency of the mission. There are six levels with each level containing different instructions to wear or to carry the overgarment, booties, mask, or gloves. In level ready, the mask is carried. In level zero, all items are available. In level one, the overgarment is worn, open or closed, and booties, mask, and gloves are carried. In level two, the overgarment and booties are worn, with mask and gloves are carried. In level three, overgarment, booties, and mask are worn, and gloves are carried. In level 4, the overgarment, booties, mask and gloves are worn. Let's review different equipments to identify chemical agents. M9 detector tape is usually issued one roll per squad or team and is worn around the ankles, wrists and biceps on the exterior of protective clothing. Its purpose is to detect the presence of chemical agents but will not identify the agent. M8 paper is issued with your field protective mask and the M256A1 chemical agent detector kit. Its use is primarily on suspected liquid forms such as puddles, small drops, or barely visible droplets. Disadvantages of M8 and M9 over the M256A1 are their inability to test for vapor hazards and the limited number of agents detected. When identifying chemical agents, use the most expedient method. Using M8 or M9 detectors will take only seconds, whereas using the M256A1 will take approximately 15 minutes. Instructions to use the M8 paper. Remove and open M8 paper from the M256A1 kit or mask carrier, tearing off and discarding the plastic bag. Test the liquid. Tear out a sheet of M8 paper, use half a sheet if it is perforated. Expose M8 paper to suspected liquid agent. Blot, do not rub the M8 on suspected contamination. Compare any color changes by observing the colors shown on the inside cover of the book of M8 paper. M9 detector paper. Open package of M9 tape and unroll a small portion of detector tape. Blot, do not rub, the M9 tape on suspect liquid. Its use is primarily on barely visible droplets. Observe for a color change. When in contact with contamination, the color will appear as a light pink to a reddish-brown or violet tint. Decontamination levels. There are three types of decontamination levels. Immediate decontamination, operational decontamination, thorough decontamination. Immediate decontamination minimizes casualties, saves lives, and limits the spread of contamination, and is carried out by individuals upon becoming contaminated. There are three immediate techniques, skin decontamination, personnel wipe down, and operators spray down, which must be performed between 1 min and 15 minutes. Operational decontamination sustains operations, reduces the contact hazard, and limits the spread of contamination, to eliminate the necessity or reduce the duration of wearing protective gear. Operational decontamination is carried by individual and units. It is restricted to specific parts of operationally essential equipment or material in working areas in order to minimize contact and transfer hazards and to sustain operations. Further decontamination may be required to reduce contamination to negligible risk levels. There are two operational decontamination techniques, vehicle washdown and protective gear exchange, which must be performed within six hours. Thorough decontamination reduces or eliminates the need for individual protective clothing and is carried out by units with assistance from chemical units to reduce contamination on personnel, equipment, or material, and working areas to the lowest possible level to permit the reduction or removal of individual protective equipment and maintain operations with minimal degradation. This may include decontamination of terrain as required. There are three thorough decontamination techniques which are performed when mission allows. Detailed troop decontamination, detailed equipment decontamination, and detailed aircraft decontamination. If you ever wondered what to do, if a nuke goes boom around you, stay tuned as we will go through some basic instructions.
upon seeing a brilliant flash of light, an exceptionally loud explosion, or when the alarm is sounded, immediate action must be taken. When possible, look for protective cover. Immediately drop face down, with head toward blast, if possible. If cover is available, use it. A log, large rock, or any depression in the Earth's surface provides some protection. Close your eyes. Protector cover exposed skin by putting hands and arms under or near the body and keeping your helmet on. Make sure your weapon is placed under your body or beside you with the strap sling wrapped tightly around your arm and the muzzle angled away from your face. Keep your head down. Remain face down for 90 seconds or until all debris has stopped falling. Use any protection available such as fighting holes whenever possible. Fighting holes provide excellent protection against nuclear weapon effects. Other examples of hasty protection may include ditches, culverts, hills, large rocks, or armored vehicles. Put anything between yourself and the nuclear weapons blast. Nerve agents. Function. Nerve agents are cholinesterous inhibitors interfering with normal transmission of nerve impulses in the parasympathetic autonomic nervous system. Their reaction with cholinesterous tends to be irreversible, and reaction time varies with the agent. Method of action. They are very effective solvents, readily penetrating cloth either as a liquid or vapor. Other materials, including leather and wood, are fairly well penetrated. Butyl rubber and synthetics, such as polyesters, are much more resistant. Physical characteristics. Odorless, almost colorless liquids, varying greatly in viscosity and volatility. Signs and symptoms of nerve agents. On vapor exposure, pupils will constrict, usually to a pinpoint. On skin exposure, muscular twitching where the agent was absorbed. Other symptoms involved are rhinorrhea, dyspnea, diarrhea and vomiting, convulsions, hypersalivation, drowsiness, coma, and unconsciousness. Treatment. Specific therapy for nerve agent casualties is atropine, an acetylcholine blocker. When exposed, each member of the Navy and Marine Corps is issued 3-2 mg auto-injectors of atropine and 3-600 mg auto-injectors of 2-PAM chloride. For medical personnel, the required therapy is to continue to administer atropine at 15-minute intervals until a mild atropinization occurs. This can be noted by tachycardia and a dry mouth. Atropine alone will not relieve any respiratory muscle failure. Prolonged artificial respiration may be necessary to sustain life. A second auto-injector containing oxum therapy, using pralidoxum chloride, can also be used for regeneration of the blocked cholinesterase. For self-aid, if you experience the mild symptoms of nerve agent poisoning, you should immediately hold your breath and put on your protective mask. Then, administer one set of atropine and two PAM chlorine injections into your lateral thigh muscle or buttocks. Position the needle end of the atropine injector against the injection site and apply firm, even pressure. Hold the atropine injector firmly in place for at least 10 seconds. Next, inject yourself in the same manner with the 2-PAM chlorine injector, using the same procedure as you did for the atropine. This will now complete one set of nerve agent antidotes. Attach the used injectors to your clothing to indicate the number of injections you have already received. After administering the first set of injections, wait 10 to 15 minutes before administering a second set, if needed. If the symptoms have not disappeared within 10 to 15 minutes, give yourself the second set of injections. If the symptoms still persist after an additional 15 minutes, a third set of injections may be given by non-medical personnel. After administering each set of injections, you should decontaminate your skin, if necessary, and put on any remaining protective clothing. Buddy aid. If you encounter a service member suffering from severe signs of nerve agent poisoning, administer, in rapid succession, three sets of the nerve agent antidotes. Follow the procedures for administration as described previously in the self-aid section. Blister agents, are also known as, vesicants, exert their primary action on the skin, producing large and painful blisters that are incapacitating. Although vesicants are classed as non-lethal, high doses can cause death. Common blister agents include mustard, nitrogen mustard, and lewisite. 
each is chemically different and will cause significant specific symptoms. They are similar in their physical characteristics and toxicology. Physical characteristics. Mustard and nitrogen mustard are oily, colorless or pale yellow liquids, sparingly soluble in water. Lewisite is an arsenical and is a light to dark brown liquid that vaporizes slowly. Let's begin with mustard. Mustards do not manifest their symptoms for several hours after exposure. They attack the eyes and respiratory tract as well as the skin there is no effective therapy for mustard once its effects become visible. First noticeable symptoms of mustard exposure will be pain and a gritting feeling in the eyes, accompanied by spastic blinking of the eyelids and photophobia. Blistering begins in about 12 hours but may be delayed for up to 48 hours. Inhalation of the gas is followed in a few hours by irritation of the throat, hoarseness, and a cough. Fever, moist rails, and dyspnea may develop. Bronchopneumonia is a frequent complication. The primary cause of death is massive edema or mechanical pulmonary obstructions. There is no specific antidotal treatment for mustard poisoning. Physically removing as much of the mustard as possible, as soon as possible, is the only effective method for mitigating symptoms before they appear. All other treatment is symptomatic, that is, the relief of pain and itching, and control of infection. Lewisite. The vapors of arsenicals are so irritating that conscious persons are immediately warned by discomfort to put on the mask. Sodium sulfacetamide, 30% solution, may be used to combat eye infection within the first 24 hours after exposure. In severe cases, morphine may be given to relieve pain. In cases of systemic involvement, British anti-lewisite, demercoprol, is available in a peanut oil suspension for injection. British anti-lewisite is a specific anti-arsenical that combines with the heavy metal to form a water-soluble, non-toxic complex that is excreted. However, British anti-lewisite is somewhat toxic, and an injection of more than 3 mg kilogram will cause severe symptoms. Blood agents. Common blood agents are hydrocyanic acid and cyanogen chloride. Blood agents have an almond-like odor and are systemic poisons and casualty-producing agents that interfere with vital enzyme systems of the body. They can cause death in a very short time after exposure by interfering with oxygen transfer in the blood. These blood agents are chemicals that are in a gaseous state at normal temperatures and pressures. Signs and symptoms varies with concentration and duration of exposure. Normally either death or recovery takes place rapidly. Some symptoms may be forceful increase in the depth of respiration for a few seconds. Violent convulsions after 20 to 30 seconds and respiratory failure with cessation of heart action within a few minutes. There are two suggested antidotes in the treatment of cyanides. Amyl nitride and crush ampules and intravenous sodium theosulfate solution. In treating a victim, upon notification by competent authority that there are no blood agents remaining in the atmosphere, crush two ampules of amyl nitride in the hollow of your hand and hold it close to the victim's nose. You may repeat this procedure every few minutes until eight ampules have been used. Whether amyl nitride is used or not, sodium theosulfate therapy is required after the initial life-saving measures. The required dose is 100 to 200 milligrams kilogram, given intravenously over a nine-minute period. The key to successful cyanide therapy is speed. If the specific antidote and artificial respiration are given soon enough, the chance of survival is greatly enhanced. Choking agents. Most common choking agents are phosgene, diphosgene, chlorine, and chloropicrin. Function. The toxicity of lung agents is due to their effect on lung tissues, they cause extensive damage to alveolar tissue, resulting in severe pulmonary edema. Physical characteristics. Colorless gas, distinctive odor, new mown hair, freshly cut grass. Signs and symptoms. There may be watering of the eyes, coughing, and a feeling of tightness in the chest. More often, however, there will be no symptoms for two to six hours after exposure. Latent symptoms are rapid, shallow, and labored breathing, painful cough, cyanosis, frothy sputum, clammy skin, rapid, feeble pulse, and low blood pressure. Shock may develop, followed by death. 
treatment. Once symptoms appear, complete bed rest is mandatory. Keep victims with lung edema only moderately warm and treat the resulting anoxia with oxygen. Because no specific treatment for CG poisoning is known, treatment has to be symptomatic. Incapacitating agents are mainly comprised of psychochemical, produce mental confusion and an inability to function intelligently. The psychochemical temporarily prevent an individual from carrying out assigned actions. These agents may be administered by contaminating food or water, or they may be released as aerosols. The standard incapacitant in the United States is 3 quinuclidinyl benzylate, a cholinergic blocking agent, which is effective in producing delirium that may last several days. Signs and Symptoms The first symptoms appear in 30 minutes to several hours and may persist for several days. In some instances, the victim may complain of dizziness, muscular incoordination, dry mouth, and difficulty in swallowing. Abnormal inappropriate behavior may be the only sign of intoxication. Those affected may make irrational statements and have delusions or hallucinations. Treatment. Generally, there is no specific therapy for this type intoxication. The first aid is to prevent victims from injuring themselves and others during the toxic psychosis. However, with BZ and other agents in the class of compounds known as glycolates, physostigmine is the drug treatment of choice. It is not effective during the first four hours following exposure, after that, it is very effective as long as treatment is continued. Treatment does not shorten the duration of BZ intoxication, and premature discontinuation of therapy will result in relapse. Riot Control and Harassing Agents There are two classes of riot control and harassment agents. Lacrimators and vomiting agents, although screening smokes can also fit in with riot control agents. Function. Riot control and harassing agents are non-toxic and produce an immediate but temporary effect in very low concentrations. They are used to harass enemy personnel or to discourage riot actions. Lacrimators are local irritants that act primarily on the eyes. In high concentrations, they also irritate the respiratory tract and the skin. Most common lacrimators are CN and CS gas. Although CS is basically a lacrimator, it is considerably more potent than CN and causes more severe respiratory symptoms. CN is the standard training agent and is the tear gas most commonly encountered because it is not as potent. Signs and Symptoms Lacrimators produce intense pain in the eyes with excessive tearing. The symptoms following the most severe exposure to vapors seldom last over two hours. After moderate exposure, they last only a few minutes. Treatment. First aid for lacrimators is generally not necessary. Exposure to fresh air and letting wind blow into wide open eyes, held open if necessary, is sufficient for recovery in a short time. An important point to remember is that this material adheres to clothing and a change of clothing may be necessary. Vomiting agents. The principal agents of this group are diphenylaminochloroarsine, iridamcite, diphenylchloroarsine, and diphenylcyanoarsine. They are dispersed as aerosols and produce their effects by inhalation or by direct action on the eyes. Signs and symptoms. Vomiting agents produce a strong pepper-like irritation in the upper respiratory tract, with irritation of the eyes and lacrimation, and they cause violent uncontrollable sneezing, coughing, nausea, vomiting, and a general feeling of malice. Inhalation causes a burning sensation in the nose and throat, hypersalivation, rhinorrhea, and the sinuses fill rapidly and cause a violent frontal headache. Treatment. It is of the utmost importance that the mask be worn in spite of coughing, sneezing, salivation, and nausea. Victims may believe the mask is ineffective and remove it, further exposing themselves. While the mask must be worn, it may be lifted from the face briefly, if necessary, to permit vomiting or to drain saliva from the face piece. First aid consists of washing the skin and rinsing the eyes and mouth with water. A mild analgesic may be given to relieve headache. Recovery is usually spontaneous and complete within one to three hours. Screening smokes. The primary use of screening smokes is to obscure vision and to hide targets or areas. 
Exposure to heavy smoke concentration for extended periods, particularly near the source, may cause illness or death. Symptomatic treatment of medical problems or discomfort resulting from exposure to screening smokes will generally suffice. White phosphorus is a pale, waxy solid that ignites spontaneously on contact with air to give a hot, dense, white smoke composed of phosphorus pentoxide particles. No treatment is necessary, and spontaneous recovery is rapid once the patient is removed from the white phosphorus source, although, when burning particles of WP embed in the skin, they must be covered with water, a wet cloth, or mud. A freshly mixed 0.5% solution of copper sulfate, which produces an airproof black coating of copper phosphide, may be used as a rinse, but must not be used as a dressing. The phosphorus particles must be removed surgically, 